This week, we discuss the erasure of a legendary Star Wars character in Andor. Early in the show, they introduced us to the character of Vetch, and he was never to be seen again, despite going back to his home planet many times in the show. He was a fun alien known for simply just standing there. We honor Vetch in our episode 9 discussion on this episode of This is the Wayseekers. This is the way. 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 Welcome back to This is the Wayseekers, a weekly Star Wars podcast where every week we navigate our way through the Star Wars galaxy. Before we get started, I just want to give a huge spoiler warning for all nine episodes of Andor. If you have not seen them, please get out of here and then come back when you've seen them all and discuss the episode with us. My name is Austin, aka Star Wars editor, and as always, I'm joined by my wonderful two co-hosts, Tom and Chelsea. Tom, how are you doing this week? I am good. Had a nice week off. So I'm um, back to work now. So I think I forget we did a Tales of the Jedi episode. So I've already said that. Um, right. It's been a couple days. It feels like it's been longer, but it's been a couple days. Life's, life's pretty chill. Yes. Glad you got that week off to feel rejuvenated and you got to cap it off with a Andor episode. Uh, Chelsea, how are you doing this week? I'm all right. I'm having some post spooky season depression as I always do, but it's okay. I'll overcome. I hear Mariah Carey in the distance, so I'll get into a different holiday spirit soon enough. But I'm really excited to talk about today's episode. I've it would there's so much to talk about, and I was really just like engaged the whole time. So excited to be here today to talk. Hell yeah. <laughs> And our special guest this week is Jonah. You may know him as Jonah Edward on TikTok, Twitter, all sorts of places. Jonah, you're the first person to come on here twice. That's not that didn't become a co-host like Chelsea. So Period. Jonah, how are you doing this week? <laughs> I'm doing really good, thank you. Um work has been very stressful, but it's getting easier now. I'm getting over that hump. But just like Chelsea said, excited to have Andor to watch and enjoy. And yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yes, thank you so much for coming on. I'm super excited to get to talk Star Wars. All four queers in here this week. So I'm sure the conversation is going to very much uh, limperist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, while we are slaying, one thing that did not slay was the intro of this episode because dedra torturing bix like that poor bix our beloved bix just getting brought through the ringer for absolutely no reason i I mean i guess they have a reason because they're you know investigating or whatever the fuck but it's not a valid reason in my opinion so they gotta stop that um i really hated seeing bix get tortured but at the same time just this show has been very real and being very upfront with us about even the worst parts of you know star wars here and so while it sucked to see i'm glad they didn't shy away from what bix was going through in that moment also i just realized jonah i forgot to ask because we've been asking all of our guests each week 
what were your expectations for Andor before going into the series? And now that you have seen nine episodes of the series, how has it met your expectations? Well, to be honest, I sort of went into Andor thinking it was going to be like sort of spy thriller sort of vibes. I think a lot of people sort of did. And then when I got to watch it and the first three episodes came on, I was like, okay, this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. It's sort of, it's very, it's much more like artistic than I thought it was going to be. It's a beautiful show with loads of different layers. It's very emotional as well. I did not expect it to be as raw and emotional as we've seen many times throughout the show. Um, so I'm happy that they released the first three episodes though as like a bunch because I think maybe hadn't they done that, I think I maybe would have went into it still thinking it was a spy thriller, maybe could have been disappointed. But because the first three episodes were just like released, I was like, okay, I know exactly what this show is going to be going forward. Um, but it's been really, really great so far. I have really loved it. Um, but it is not, it's been not, I didn't expect it to be what it is. And um, I guess that's a good thing. Right. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I agree with you. I'm glad that they released those first three episodes so that we could get a good taste of it. And also so people could see the format of the show so that, you know, because they kind of split it up with these three episodes. If we had just gotten episode one, I'm sure a lot of people would have been like, what the hell? Andor is a little slow here. Um, nothing happened here. So yeah. I... I think that having those three episodes makes it uh, easier for people to know, like, okay, if I wait long enough, then we will get a fantastic payoff here. Anyways, back to the starting of the episode. What were your guys' reactions to seeing such a brutal scene there? I will start with you, Tom. I'm not sure how much of a reaction I had because it was very much set up at the end of the last episode. So, like, I was expecting to see it, obviously. Mm-hmm. I do have to bring up the homage to A New Hope mm-hmm. uh, when they cut away, and it's like the exact same, like, down and pan. That I noticed yes. that straight away, and I thought it was really cool. But um, <laughs> that was, like, the most... That was the part that stood out to me the most, I think, just as, like, a Star Wars fan. Very tense, as the whole mm-hmm. show has been so far. Like, the whole episode, just, like, nail-biting, you know? Right. Um you could really feel the pain in her scream there. She was just yeah. Like, yeah. like it's the fact it's... that you don't hear it as well. Like right. it's just silent. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's uncomfortable to watch. And like it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to watch that and be like, oh, okay, that's just the Imperials. And also like the explicit detail and how they've described like what obviously, like you said, we don't hear the sound. But it still has such an impact because you know how they like got the sound and like yeah. how they got the sound from like killing a bunch of these people and that the specific sound they play for even more torture is of children. Like that is so beyond like incredibly just like fucked up and just gives not that we needed more insight into how fucked up the empire is but i think sometimes again we have like convenient cuts or this or that and this while again you don't hear it it doesn't shy away from just how awful it is and i just was like oh my god and like and then she like looks all sweaty and she looks like they she really i the actress's name has escaped me right now but she put her all into that because i was like she did like i was like "Mm." yeah had a physical reaction watching it Exactly. And I think one thing that is interesting, especially for us on this podcast, is earlier on, we were very much like, 
Dedra, you're girl bossing for the wrong side, but you're very much correct. We're sitting here kind of rooting for her. And now we get to this episode and it's like no longer uh, you had your moment. And now I, I cannot, I could not. We cannot here. stand. Right. Like it just, I'm sorry, Dedra. And I, I feel very much the same way with Cyril after this episode. It's like, I really wanted y'all to be a thing, but now, now I'm getting the ick. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Another <laughs> thing. But you were right. Oh, okay. Yeah. You said I was sorry. You were sorry. So at first I was like, yeah, no, no. that we'll we'll talk about it more later. But that also gave me like a visceral. Like I literally was like <gasps> watching that. Yeah. But we'll get yeah, there. We'll, we'll stay. Stay at the beginning for now. Yeah. But yeah. God. And then that doctor, they, they had a lot of weird men in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that doctor was, I forget what his name was, like Gorsh or something like that. But yeah, it's like that. Him and Sarah. Was it Gort Ta? Was yeah, it Gort? I'm Gort? awful at names. So Gort. <laughs> I can't. I'm so bad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I wonder if him and Sarah will meet because I feel like they'd be good friends. They're kind of like the same genre, the same font. So uh, yeah. I, I, we'll see what happens there. Jonah, what were you thinking uh, during that whole scene? I was I was actually a little bit shocked with the whole thing, if I'm honest, because I was sort of the classic Star Wars. I was thinking, here comes the probe droid or something, you know, like something like we'd seen before. And I'm going to be honest too, like, see when they were sort of explaining it and the goggles came out, I was like, what is actually sort of happening here? Like, it, I was a little bit lost when they were sort of doing the explanation. And then, as Chelsea said about, like, they were explaining about the kids, and I was like, is she going to, like, listen to this? Is, that, is this going to be, like, the form of torture? And then... Whenever it was just silent and you just, again, the actress's name is, is escaping me as well. And she just like fully went for it. And like, she just had that initial reaction. You're just like, oh my goodness, this is going to like absolutely kill her. Um, but I was surprised and definitely taken aback. It was just a bit like, okay, work, yeah. Diva, but like not so slow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it sucks too that she's being kept alive because she's a witness. The only one that can be brought back to cassian aka or not even cassian because the buyer is luthan correct yeah i think so damn their axis is what they call him yeah 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 right so damn they're they're getting deep like they're getting close we even see in the isb stuff that they start to connect the dots that cassian was at the aldani mission so that's that's the thing is like dedra is is really girl bossing with the empire here like she's getting she's getting shit done uh but it's quite unfortunate to watch at this point i'm like you've gone very far uh what was your guys' standout characters in this episode vel my beloved i don't care if this is the whatever week in a row but getting that reveal that like she's like i was just like oh my god and her just like the way she handles things and interacts with mon i thought just was so important and her face when perrin is like oh find you a husband and she's just like "Mm -hmm." like that like (laughs) that interaction is something that like i've experienced like whether it's like people only people assume i'm only interested in men or whether it's a comment about school or a job like that, but specifically the comment about like getting married and having a husband and just like the way she's just like, like it right. just, I felt so seen 
and that was just amazing and then again seeing how much like she hates like being also like in this like pretend like whatever and mon has to tell her like be a spoiled rich girl for a little like it's like you we gotta blend in and just seeing how they both handle their different sides of the rebellion so differently so like i guess my answer is vel but also mon mothma but like the way they it's just such a good like scene like we learn a lot about each of them but the way they interact also teaches us more about both of these characters and i just was like oh my god but i'm also just like the poor vel is trapped having to like put on these dresses and do all this shit that she doesn't want to do and she just wants to be with her girlfriend like free her yeah free her literally free vel yeah it was it was very interesting to see all that especially Perrin not only asking her about do you have a husband but also acting like in her late 20s <laughs> yeah he was like oh you're only gonna get a widow right well, acting she's like she's some old dried up hag and it's like sorry sir not everybody got married at the ripe age of 15 years old on changilla yeah like come on now parent so yeah. yeah i mean i guess that's like considered like maybe the norm to get married that young there which is like a different conversation in and of itself is like why is that but yeah oh just like parent is such a shitbag like he just really (laughs) yeah but then the way they all just handle it with grace and it's 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 like treating like the homophobic family member where it's like okay grandpa let's get you to bed like let's like that's how i feel like they kind of like cope with and interact with parent which i just love yeah i love my mom's facial expressions throughout the whole thing as well she's just sitting there like oh yeah (laughs) she knows like the second that he brought up husband like they have a shot she's on like, her face and she's, she's like, like mm. yeah <laughs> so yeah jonah who was a standout character for you in this episode besides cassian my mothma will always be a standout to me like she is one of my favorite aspects of this entire show i cannot lie um yes I don't want to say it, but like we were talking about it, she is really the girl boss at the moment. Like Deidre is like a compelling character. Obviously she's doing horrible stuff, but as a character and how she's written, like whatever she's doing and the fact she sort of shifted the focus to become a main character where she's sort of had that progression of growth. And um, I mean, this week was not really a great week to be a Deidre Stan, but we still <laughs> are interested in her. Um, and I just, I don't know. I just love how she interacts with, because each character she has a different way of speaking with them and when she was doing the whole interrogation scene she was she was so creepy and you could see her smile but you could see she really needed the information at the same time and then when she's in that boardroom she's real girl boss but i just think i want to know what her end goal is and where she's going to end up because i just don't know what's going to happen to her is she going to get killed off is she going to have a redemption moment like i'm just really interested to see where they're going to take her going further so yeah. not a great week for her but love her Oops. yeah yeah like i said earlier we, we've been rooting for her we've been you know wanting the empire to listen to her and for me i'm like now now at a point where they are somewhat listening to her i'm like okay maybe maybe you don't need my support as much so <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i don't like you know obviously the choices she make i think it's just a, another good representation of how like good people in their mind with the best intentions are still serving a harmful cause and like 
causing problems. And like at a certain point, like I think what's happening with Dedra is like now she has a taste of power because she has authority and she is respected. So now she's going to take that and run with it. And we see that happen with lots of characters that get indoctrinated into, into the empire. You, again, not to, I never shut up about lost stars, but lost stars is another good example <laughs> where they take people's loyalty and like use it against them when they inherently, they probably would not be believing in this cause, but for whatever reason. Right. So I just think, you know, it's cool to get another character like that, that, you know, that like demonstrates those themes, but does it still with like, while being something new and like refreshing. And yeah. she does a good job at making me hate her. So I love a good antagonist <laughs> that like really gets under my skin. That's how I know. I was like, oh, you're a good bad guy. Cause like, I personally want to fist fight you. So like, <laughs> yeah, no. And that, that reminds me another thing about the Imperial characters here is someone like Dedra before I was kind of like, oh, I think she can get redeemed. And now after this episode, I'm like, I, I don't know if I can see that, but then I'm like, why is it though that I could see it for other Imperials like Callus or even someone like Yalaren who had a better past, you know? And it's mm. because a character like Callus, like we know he did fucked up things, but we never really saw those fucked up things. We just kind of got a reference to them. And so it's like, this is going to be very interesting because it's like, we have seen explicitly what Deidre is doing what the other Imperials are doing, how creepy Serral is. And it's like, can I see these characters personally as getting redeemed? And I don't know, it's just kind of changing my whole perspective on the entire saga where I'm like, yeah. damn, I guess Star Wars has kind of shied away from the fucked up things these people are doing that it makes it kind of easier to be like, oh, okay. But it kind of puts you in the shoes of the actual people because do you think Bix is rooting for dedra to be redeemed probably not so i think that that's a very interesting thing there it makes it feel very real so uh, there was Tom, a line in this episode which was really sort of swayed me it was when we'll probably talk about it later but when um i can't remember the name who asked it and he was like oh yeah i kind of want to like hang him and she was like yeah sure go for it i was like right horrible no thought no <laughs> ums there misses and she was just like yeah no go for it i don't care and you were like right this show she can't be redeemed right this show and hanging the hanging their fathers i don't know what it is but they have they have the weird clearly kink. yeah <laughs> tom who is a standout character for you in this episode um sorry what is my amazon um standout character for me was probably Andy Circus's character, just to say something a bit Kino. different. Uh yeah, Kino Loy. Because um I mean, you see a lot of progression for him this episode. So I'd say for this episode, it would probably be Kino Loy. Because you kind of mm -hmm. get to understand a bit more of how he's working along with like what's going on in the prison. So I would probably say Kino Loy. Like, not as like a standout character, but like the most interesting we got this week, I'd say. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously we got Val and the usuals so I'm trying to mix it up a bit but yeah probably Kino Loy yeah I love Kino Loy I love kind of all the characters in the prison here uh, which brings me to my standout character it's a it's a toss up between Olaf and Melshi because Olaf for obvious reasons which I'll get into Melshi I was just like Kino 
back the fuck off, dude. Like, this man is, you know, Melshi's literally like, hey, how? And then he's like, no, trying to beat him up and literally swinging at him for saying, oh, they, they let him all escape or whatever. It's like, dude, just calm the hell down. I was like, what is going on in level two? Did he commit like whatever happened to level two? Was that him? Is that why he's all scared right now? Because the other instructor didn't seem that bothered by whatever was happening on level two. Uh, (laughs) But anyways, Olaf, him dying. I don't care. It was not on purpose or it was on purpose. It was not a coincidence that he was at the end of his sentence and then all of a sudden just magically this man starts to have a stroke i don't trust that there's absolutely zero way because they obviously want you in there but i feel like they got to a point where it's like they can no longer sit here and be like oh, okay let's put him back into the prison so let's just kill him you know what i mean and even then it's like even if they didn't bring the stroke onto him I still feel like the doctor could have done something there. But then again, the doctor was protecting him in some way because I guess whatever happened on level two is probably going to spread to everywhere. So, Mm. yeah. I mean, I think that could be the case, but I kind of read it as like, like Cassian says, like, no one's listening. They're, I feel like at that point, like, yeah, they probably could have medically intervened sooner. And yes, you probably had a stroke because of the conditions and having been there so long. But I didn't read it as, like, they directly decided to do it. It just was, like, the natural progression of, like, being in an environment like this and being mistreated and seeing yeah. being seen only as a number. And mm-hmm. so... And like, like again, Cassie says, nobody's listening. So why would they like give an old man? I mean, I don't know, but it is the empire. So they could have been like, okay, let's time to do it now. But I don't know. I, either way, it, I think it still sends like the, the important message of like, just the way um, incarcerated people are abused in these systems, again, for their labor, the way, even though you're supposed to have medical attention, it's not brought on. And the fact that the person providing the medical care was another inmate. um, And again, just kind of doing it as an act of mercy because he knows what happened on level two and knows that it's like, even if you live like, and you finish your sentence, like you're still going to, face a fate worse than you're already facing so because Mm. you had this medical situation emergency let's just like you know but it's still (laughs) devastating nonetheless um i agree with chelsea i don't think it was well i didn't read it as it was like intentional and it was like this stroke was brought on by anything also when that doctor fella came with his little bag of goodies i was like he's gone like what's he gonna pull out of there it's gonna say that's not (laughs) absolutely nothing like it was a goner as soon as that guy showed up. Um, but I, I, I too think it's just sort of, I read it as just a sort of showcase of this guy's been here all his life and he can go on no longer. And this is what just happens. And this is the sad truth of it. And he just had to, had to die. And it was sort of a wake up call um, for Andy Serkis' character. Cause at the end, obviously he's like, okay, this is it. And I realized what's going on here. It's time to kick it into gear and do something about it. So whether it was just for that, I don't know. But as soon as he started getting like those little coughs and forgetting stuff, I was like, "Ooh, he's a goner. He's away." Right. Yeah. That the brings me to my next question: Is did you guys think from the beginning that he was going to die in this episode? Because like we talked about last week about how 
he's the old man. He's a likable character. He's kind of similar to 99. Like, it's going to be very much the same thing where poor old man, you know, dies tragically. And so uh, did you guys think that from this episode that when he started to get sick that he was going to die? Because personally, me, I was like, oh, it'll be next episode. <laughs> like, we don't have to see it happen now. And then, boom, it was just like that. So what did you guys think? I didn't expect it to happen this episode per se. Like I expected it to be like very nimic, kind of save it the last minute kind of shock, even though we all saw nimic coming. Um, but um <laughs> excuse that. Sorry, that wasn't funny. Um, I didn't expect it this episode, no. I expected it to happen just in episode three. But obviously it makes sense this week because we needed to because obviously last week we didn't know Andy Circus's King Aloy was going to have a change of heart. Like, it was maybe suspected, but there mm-hmm. was nothing really to show that. And obviously, this is the turning point, or even just, like, the beginning like the of the turning point, I guess. Like, I'm not sure if he's fully on board with a breakout. Like, it's kind of over the course of the episode. We see, As I've already said, we see that play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was not expecting it to be this episode, but I was expecting it to happen at some point. <laughs> yeah exactly how about you guys chelsea i mean i figured he would die eventually i wasn't sure how they were gonna do but as soon as they started kind of showing the symptoms of him being like where they was like casting's like switch with me and i was like oh boy okay something's gonna happen to him this episode whether it's like what happened where he ends up just passing because he had like the stroke or he gets thrown out because he's not as productive i was like okay it's going to happen. Um, but I think it is important that it happened in this one because uh, Kino needed that push. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because after after he dies and is not able to get help and he hears that it's like, oh, even if you do what you're supposed to do, act on good behavior, you're just getting cycled right back in here. That's the moment he's like, all right, fuck this shit. Cassie's like, how many guards? And Kino's like, 12 fucking guards not many let's <laughs> like so it'll be interesting to see like how active of a role he plays because i can imagine that like he'll still have to like keep everyone in line initially or it'd be interesting to see if he steps into a leadership role i'm not sure which way it'll go um but yeah definitely um i guess i didn't necessarily expect it this episode i probably expected it in the final episode of this arc because i feel like that's when usually we get all of the catastrophe um but yeah yeah. exactly it was uh it was quite unfortunate for it to happen but like you said i really do think that this was the turning point for kino uh which do you guys think that kino will be involved in this breakout because personally i think just like chelsea said by the ending there i think that kino is going to very much be like uh yeah it is my turn to do something because he was like if i just on good behavior i'll be out of here real soon and now he does not have that motivation so there's only one way out so tom do you think that kino will be part of this breakout or whatever ongoing I believe, plan i mean he will definitely be key to it um like obviously he's got information as we found out mm-hmm. um i think yeah i'm not sure to what extent i don't know if he'll survive I mean, yeah. they, we don't have a plan yet, so I feel like he'll be helping 
maybe neglectfully helping to plan. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. It's like, I don't think he's fully there yet, but also he has to be in a way. Yeah. What do you think, Jonah? Yeah. I think the same thing. I sort of envision him going down a, a well, not like the same route, but like a similar storyline to like the Master Codebreaker, like DJ is it from The Last Jedi, where it's like a sort of last yeah. turn. So like, you think he's good, he's helping them out, and he is genuinely going to help them escape, but at the last minute, maybe they get caught, he does a sort of turnaround, he gets scared and nervous, and he sort of goes against them. I just don't know if he's going to make it, like, to the end and become, like, all rebellion and everything. Maybe he'll, like, like help them out, get them out, and then he'll go a separate way. But um, I could see, like, maybe a bit of a, a DJ moment coming around where he just sort of turns his back and be like, lol, JK, put him up. So yeah. I could I could yeah. see that for sure. Switching sides. He's gotta become and... Snoke at some point. <laughs> yeah, when's that gonna happen? He can't be a rebel. <laughs> I saw somebody on Twitter, and I don't know if they're being serious or what, but we know that Snoke is like a mix of a bunch of different people, like species. So he got some Palpatine DNA in there and a bunch of other just like random species that someone was like, Do you think that he has part Kino in there, and that's why his oh. voice is the same. <laughs> like, maybe if he becomes that important, like that fucked up to the Empire, they're like, all right, you're part of our clone of Snoke, our fucking fucked up Palpatine, Baby Yoda, Andy Circus concoction that we've made here. <laughs> Oh. He really scares me though. Like, see when he like does this whole shouting thing and he pushes and shoving people, and I'm like, yeah, actually, like he scares me more than Snoke scares me. I like sit in the TV. I'm like, go away. Right. Like I said, like Melshi did nothing. It, yeah, he was literally. just he pushed back so hard against Melshi. I was like, damn, dude. I guess if that's how you feel. Uh, all right. So now we'll move on to the Mon Mothma stuff or the first Mon Mothma scene here. Another Senate scene fantastic i was a little worried we would see no more senate scenes but they're very short i i wish they would utilize the senate a bit more but i do appreciate what we get there with you know seeing all of these other senators being so unprofessional just upset at mon mothma mon mothma sitting here being like i think what's best for the galaxy is what's best for the galaxy and they're like absolutely not i really don't care what you have to say mom mothma they're turning off their lights they're leaving and it's just so disheartening to see mon mothma get like bumped down a peg like that so what do you guys think yeah i mean yeah. it's pretty representative of the state of just american politics how you yeah. attempt to like do it the right way and have a dialogue and still no one listens and no one cares because they all have their own interests and again we learn more about this again with our conversation with tay we're like again like obviously mon moth has to be extremely careful and like how she speaks at these senate things where she has to be like speaking out against things the empire are doing but saying like but inevitably if we do it this way that's still in the empire's best interest but also protects us as you know like she has to be so careful and she's been trying to be so careful with the money just to hear it's like of course it's overrun by corruption and people who don't have the people's best interests at heart don't necessarily even care about like the empire's best interests. They care about their own. And that will typically because of the way Palpatine has set everything up align with Palpatine's interests of just like fascism and control. Right. So it's just like, 
I don't know, maybe, maybe I read too much into it, but I feel like you get so much even, I would like to see more or would, I would love to see in these scenes, maybe some like actual, like interact besides just from like the people shouting would love to see maybe a different center who's opposing and like, there'd be like a, like verbal, like challenge, like directly. I think that could be interesting. I'm not sure if this show necessarily has space for that, but I, even without that sort of stuff, I feel like you still get so much information about Mon Mothma's character, obviously the state of the galaxy as a whole. And again, it's just still a really good representation of what it like, what it's like in the state of American politics. So, you know. Yeah, 100% agree. It really did feel like watching a Senate hearing here, or Congress hearing here. You see all those videos of like AOC talking and then all these people, all these other senators being like, no, uh, actually, and it's like, I have three minutes to speak, dude. Like, please grant me my three minutes at least. Um, but yeah, uh, Jonah, what do you think of seeing Mon Mothma in the Senate chambers this week? I loved it. I want more, 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 more. But I do agree with Elsie and the fact that I actually don't, as much as I want to see so much more of it, I do agree that like Andor isn't necessarily the best show for to see more and so I think that sort of annoys me a little bit and the fact that like I could take a whole show about Mon Mothma and like just having <laughs> political debates and seeing all this side of the things and so I want to see so much more on that but I do agree that Andor probably there's not space in the show for that so it can be a bit frustrating Um, I would though like to have a little bit more background on what Mon Mothma is actually talking about maybe it's just me and not being able to follow quick enough but when she's on and explaining everything about what she's talking about i would love a little bit more background to that we have heard her when she's doing her rebel speech and everything else at the top at the uh, beginning of the series she was directing to something she said in her speech from the animated show and that was really cool to see but i think my overall issue is i just i want to see more because i literally love it so much and the, i also really like i initially i thought the whole walking out lights out thing was like too much i was like i don't want to say unrealistic because it's star wars politics but like i was like this seems too far-fetched like everybody's walking out the last time we seen the senate there was discussions but then mm -hmm. it sort of made me realize that it sort of helps the narrative of how palpatine eventually dissolves the senate because it becomes he he, he doesn't want it anymore because he thinks it's useless and he allows it to happen and happens so i feel like because we see all these senators walking out and like it being much more empty and people not wanting to fight i feel like it sort of helps that narrative to think well it's pretty obvious now how palpatine got away with dissolving the senate because it dissolved itself before he even done it so um but yeah i just want more but um i'm happy with what we're getting let me say that much yeah 100 percent agree and yeah, I think it is interesting just seeing how much it's changed from like the Clone Wars and the prequels all the way to it getting dissolved in the original trilogy. Because one thing is like Palpatine is nowhere to be found in these two Senate scenes when in reality he should probably be like in the middle there at the focus like he was in the prequels. But no Chancellor Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine, uh, he's not he's nowhere to be found. And we know that a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's hiding. He doesn't want everyone. Actually, that's one thing I've always been confused about is because he hides the fact that he's been like burnt and fucked up. But then in Revenge of the Sith, he very clearly is like this attempt on my life has left me scarred and deformed. And he's acting all like the Jedi have just completely ruined his life. But then his public image is still very much what it was before as we see in 
a lot of the Star Wars. To be books. fair, we know what Trump looks like without all the makeup and the Hawaiian <laughs> shit. So <laughs> it's just that. Yeah. Factual. <laughs> I wonder that but I guess. Do you remember in Rebels that towards the end when he's with Ezra and he has that sort of hollow projection and he sort of looks yeah. more like prequely? I always sort of yeah. just sort of ran with that thinking, oh, well, that's maybe what he uses when he's doing, like when you, the rare time that they probably see Palpatine and like, I don't know, like a billboard or something, I don't know. Or maybe right. he, he uses it hologram in the middle of the Senate and that's what they see, maybe. I don't know, but that's sort of right. Because I always thought the same thing. I was like, well, he just stands there in a cloak, like. <laughs> right i i mean like i get it for sure my thing is more like nobody was like what happened like you were you were just saying the jedi just absolutely pretty much assassinated you but left you living and now you're fine like and so Damn. does nobody nobody question that but i don't know who knows when you're I, the I, richest person in the galaxy people always like you got surgery you know yeah yeah, I don't know. True. Yeah. And like maybe people do question it. We just don't see that part side of it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. yeah. All right. So throughout the show, they're teasing whatever is happening on level two. And at first it seems like maybe it's just something small, and then it gets to the point where, oh, maybe they all escaped to the point where they all died. What was your guys' first thoughts when you first heard about this level two? Personally, me, I was like, maybe there's a rebellion on level two and an escape is happening right now. I really didn't think everyone died. So what were you guys first thinking when you heard of level two? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, like an escape, a rebellion. Um, I, I don't know why. I didn't feel like it was... When I was watching the show, I didn't feel like it was going to be that big of a story i don't know i just thought it was sort of like a little nod that like there was going to be something happening down the line i didn't really think it was going to turn into what it turned into with the whole explanation about them all getting killed and having a progression of what it did within the episode um i didn't think it was going to be that big of a a deal but i too thought the same thing i didn't think much of it It was like oh there's something going on downstairs there's a rebellion going on but um it got dark pretty quick yeah definitely and i think it's very interesting just the way communication happens there where they were even saying whatever happened on level two could have very well happened a week ago and they're just now finding out about what happened so i think that that is very interesting chelsea what were you first thinking yeah i mean rebellion as well as what i was thinking it was like oh like something has happened like the people have stood up whether or not it's successful like something happened they want to keep it quiet because even though again they retaliate and they've all died the fact that people have heard that that stirs something up in them right because that stirs something up in kino being like oh my god like my friend just died and now and like this is what's happening okay and so i think you know the empire would love to keep it hush hush if there's like you know rebellious activity they don't want like evidence of it and they don't want the other people to know because there's power in numbers and then people are going to start thinking like oh if they can stand up and do something why can't we like we could do something so um i was shocked to like you know hear essentially what had happened i mean it's not shocking the fact that they reinstitutionalize prisoners like that's just kind of the way the prison system works especially like in for like prison labor in America, but also not surprisingly in the Empire, right? Um, so that in, in and of itself wasn't shocking, but I think just like hearing that 
the people recognized to do something and the fact that it was instantly wiped out was like oh fuck like how the hell is like cassian going to like do something because there's been an attempt but who knows i mean obviously it's going to be at least somewhat successful because you know cassian and melshi make it out um but yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see just like what hearing of the incident does for for everyone in in the prison. Yeah, totally agree. Tom, level yeah. two, what were you thinking? Um, I can't remember what I was thinking. Um, this is like the, they released this as a clip, didn't they? I think yeah. so because I saw people saying yeah. something about level two before, but I I don't watch the clips. Yeah. I watched the clip a bit. I like watched a bit of it. Um, so I was, I kind of, I, I don't know if I tuned out because I'd already technically seen it, but obviously I started out of context. So mm-hmm. I was like, it kind of, I wouldn't say it went over my head, but like, I think in general with Andor, the general rule of thumb is like how we do predictions. I don't want to predict too much, even though I'm usually the one to predict the most. <laughs> but um, I'm like, if I don't know what's happening, I'm going to wait until they tell me what's happening, uh, or at least right. wait till I see what's happening. Um, so my mind didn't go to like a rebellion. I'm not sure why. I was just kind of like, there's been an incident on right. level two. That's pretty much as far as my brain went. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is, yeah. but when I watch shows, I always think I'm missing something because yeah. a lot, a lot of times my attention span isn't the greatest. And I will admit for a second, I'll go on my phone and then I, I usually always rewind, but Sometimes I just am not thinking and I go back and watch and I'm like, oh, shit, did I miss something? Did I miss the explanation on level two? So in my head, I'm always like, okay, let me try and piece this together then to prove to myself that I'm not as dumb as I think and I can watch television. And so I guess that's my thought process all the time. It's like, oh, I missed something. So let me fill in the information here. I literally do it with every show I watch. Mm -hmm. And then it's like. Uh, no, actually, the explanation comes later on. You're fine. You did not miss it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's like particularly hard with Star Wars because it is a lived-in universe where some things you are just thrown in with no explanation, and that's just the way. Like, oh, this is just how the universe works, and like that's what it is. Yeah. And like, even though like we've all been watching Star Wars for a long time, I still find myself caught up in that with like some of the things where they. Like I can't pinpoint a specific example, but that but that is a good one where it's like, are we already supposed to know what happened, or was it like mm-hmm. revealed, or is yeah. it just one of those things that yeah. just like is there you don't get an explanation on, and you just have to know, yeah, right, yeah. Because I was even thinking like, oh, did they explain what happened in last week's episode? Like <laughs> I really, <laughs> you're like seriously looking on Wikipedia, like who is this, and then you accidentally spoil it for yourself. I've done that with various things yeah i did that with path of deceit the higher public book i'm like i'm looking up all these characters and like oh i wonder what they look like died 345 bby i'm like oh thank you (laughs) i'm glad that uh now i at least know what they look like there um but yeah level two was very interesting there and now we move on to more toxic masculinity here uh with Cyril. very uh because like i always have been saying i think that they'll get together i want to see them get together because of the way that the actors have been saying they are imperial twin flames they you know have their their storylines are very much connected here 
And I'm sure the way that this is going is that they are going to, like, Dedra is going to reciprocate those feelings. But I think that if that was not where it was leading, that this would be a very fucking weird scene right here. And I still think it is very weird because this man is, like, stalking her. And, you know, if anybody's been stalked before by anybody, you know that it is absolutely fucking terrifying no matter who it is. And so... I felt very uncomfortable during that scene. Like, I know that he's very socially awkward, but that was, like, taking it too far. And then part of me also thinks that just because, like, he clearly has a degrading kink because of his mommy issues, that he very much liked the fact that she was sitting here and degrading him and being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Because you see his (laughs) weird-ass smile in the end. On the contrary, I think that Dedra has a praise kink. (laughs) (laughs) and <laughs> that she was uh secretly feeling some type of way about it as well but still Cyril, even if she did like it his ass would have never had any idea because he barely fucking knows her so what he did no matter what her reaction is to it in the end or whether they get together is so fucking weird and hopefully no men watch this show and was like that's smart I'm going to do that. Like, no, do not. So what was your guys' uh, reactions? How hard was it for you to not throw up during this scene? We'll start with you, Chelsea, because I see you I mean, bursting at like the themes. <laughs> like, not to be, like, <laughs> serious, but it generally made me, like, nauseous and, like, dry heave a little because I think a lot of women and just feminine presenting people have had encounters like this. So it was just really unsettling. And again, we've already seen his sense of entitlement. And then, so it's obvious that it would extend to like feeling entitled over women and their attention as well. But it just was so uncomfortable. Like everyone has said this, but he's a fucking incel at this point. And it's just weird. And like, I, it's like, and I've seen people try to justify it, be like, well, because his mom is this. I was like, okay, like, listen, the thing about the kinks is funny. Like, I'm not shitting on that, but when people try and justify, like, his behavior and being like, well, because his mommy is mean to him. So I'm like, shut the fuck up. Right. If it were a female character, would you be saying the same thing? You would still be like, I don't care. It's her responsibility. Like, it's because, listen, the actor who plays him, a nice looking dude. I'm not going to deny that. Right. But I think like, I don't know, maybe I just, it's more than the ick. Right. Because again, like you've, if you've encountered situations like this, you know, just how like frightening and like scary mm-hmm. they can be. And so I think it's like uh, the super ick of whatever. I can't think of a better word than the ick right now. Right. But it's just like that. Yeah. And just so much, it's just bad. And like, God bless the actor. Cause I'm sure he's a great person for playing a creep. But if I see him in anything else now, I think it's one of those things where I'm just going to be like, Hmm, like, and listen, you know what? Do him and Dedra deserve each other? Sure. But Dedra also does not. As much as I've kind of been like being like, what the fuck is wrong with you for all the stuff you did? You still don't deserve to be like harassed like that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, ooh, yeah, it just it's so strange because it seems like he was obsessing over Cassie and da, 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 and now like he still obviously cares about getting dealing with that. But now it's like his object of like affection or focus is now dedra and we've seen just how intense cyril became and the lengths he went to to like 
reach Cassian that it's like, now what is he going to do in like pursuing Dedra and like, what are going to be the implications for that for the people around him? And it's just like, I just hate yeah. men, I think. Like, I just like, I don't know. Yeah. And people go on and on about like, oh, redemption on for Cyril. I'm like, no, I want him to be squashed under a boot like a tiny bug. And I don't care. That makes me yeah. just as bad as him. I just <laughs> think he like hit him with a fly swatter. So those are my very um, mature and intelligent thoughts about <laughs> Cyril and Detra. <laughs> No, 100% agree with you. He's just straight up weird. And yeah, I, I don't understand people that are trying to justify what he's doing yeah. there by saying he has mommy issues. Like, don't we all? Okay, so <laughs> I, I don't think that, uh, right. you know, it's, it's an excuse for uh, any of those actions. And I think what's scary about Cyril is he's just so caught up in this empire. He is you know just he loves supporting what he's doing and he doesn't know anything else really and i think that's another layer that makes him scary kind of gives the ick is like he doesn't know limits he has a line in the last episode that's like can you even go so far trying to support whatever the fuck he was saying whatever evil thing he evil word he used mm -hmm. uh and it's like here here it is like he doesn't he doesn't think that there's any limits to what he thinks is right to what he thinks he mm -hmm. wants and so that's a very scary thing there and you even see it like to the point where he's very particular about all his clothes and the way he interacts with people it's just sir you give me multiple layers of the ick it's he's like a layer in star wars i just that's literally that's Literally, he's Patrick Bateman without the ego because I still think Cyril thinks very lowly of himself, but he is still like very much just an incel. Like you said, just the he doesn't even need the ego to be Patrick Bateman. So, yeah, uh, Jonah, what were you thinking seeing this whole encounter with Cyril and Dedra? Uh, the exact same, it was just so gross. I just did not feel comfortable at all and it was the grab that he done when she went to go away and he physically like grabbed her i was like oh my god get off i, I it was horrible I, I i don't know why like i don't know why but it did same as chelsea i was just like this is too much i don't like it i i never really had a great relationship with that character from the start i know people really in like like them thinking it was maybe going to turn out like callous and stuff and i thought the same too but i always had weird vibes off him and i was just like you know what it was all solidified he will never have a redemption arc in my mind. You are gone. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. And uh, it was just, it was like almost like a moment where he sort of like saw his character change and he almost sort of like snapped. Like, as you said, we've seen it with Andor and his obsession with that, but it almost, he he didn't stop, but because he was taken out of the Empire, he sort of lost hope and everything like that. And he was just sort of going to put it away. But you can see with this one, um, with her, he's just like, focused and it had been a month she said by that point so he'd been over her for a month he'd been waiting outside with no luck like day uh, for how long who knows it could have been day after day after day and so it was just that sort of snap you saw where he was like oh he's serious about this and he's a creep and he needs to get the fuck away from her yeah just yeah. the ultimate ick and what's crazy is like he knows the consequences too because Dedra's like I'm in like an ISB whatever like you could literally be fucking arrested for this and he's like he doesn't say it like he's like i had to see you or whatever i had to thank you like 
sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's how it feels watching it. Like again, like the sense of entitlement and like he's going to get he's going to try to get what he wants regardless of the consequences for himself or for others. And that's really frightening, both in the context of like interpersonal relationships, but also like what that means if he ends up working for the Empire again. Like ugh. Yeah. He's 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 a straight up weirdo. Tom. Yeah. You what would you think? Yeah. <laughs> creep, yeah. <laughs> like what else can I say? He's a creep. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've yeah. been in a similar situation. Not nice. I hope yeah. Desert does put him in a cage from the outer end. <laughs> yeah. That does we happen. can <laughs> We can we can only hope there. Uh <laughs> let's talk about something that was less uh weird and uh, uncomfortable <laughs> one thing that actually had me kind of excited because we've been talking about and we kind of talked about it here is Val being related to Mon Mothma because each week I'm like oh perhaps she's related to Luthen and perhaps she's you know connected more than we know I still don't think it's impossible for her to be related to Luthen I actually kind of think that Perhaps Luthen, Mon, and Vel are all part of the same family from Chandrilla, perhaps, um, because I still think that the way that Luthen acts towards Vel was still very fatherly in that, in that the way he's like lecturing her and such and uh, yelling at her. So he's either clearly a very close family friend or even part of the family there. Um, so that kind of had me thinking, rethinking the dynamic between Mon and Luthen a bit. Um, and yeah, but it was just very interesting seeing Vel in her apartment with Lita, just like the whole time. It's just, oh yeah, that was, they've been related, surprise. And it's just, you know, I, I love that about the show is they don't harp on those big reveals like that. Or I feel like Star Wars, they know it's, it's kind of like the thing like in the Avengers movies when they they show something and then pause for five seconds because they know that everybody in the theater is going to be like, oh, my God. And so they have to like <laughs> wait five seconds. Uh, I feel like the show, like I love that it doesn't do things like that where it's like, oh, this is a big reveal, but it's it's been that way the whole time like so let's just move on you know so i very much enjoyed that but were you guys expecting her to be related to vel we'll start with you jonah because tom chelsea and i we talked a lot about uh vel in the previous episodes i i I didn't see it coming i i was i was i was shocked i i didn't see it coming. I was not expecting it. And whenever Mon went to the apartment, well, I knew that obviously something was going to be up when she was in the car and it was announced and she, you could see she had some urgency about it and she was like, oh my gosh, she's there. And I was like, well, who's this going to be? Um, but I was like not expecting it to be uh, Val. So it was really, it was really cool. I really liked it. I liked the correlation of cousins and I don't that sounds a bit weird to say out loud, but I, I think had it have been like a sister or something, I'd been like, okay, whatever, like sisters, like maybe a little bit too, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. But the fact that it was like, they're just in the same family, but you know, they're cousins, so they wouldn't see each other all the time. They have a relationship, but they're not that close. Like, I like the sense that yes, they're family, but they're not immediate family and mm-hmm. um, they're going to have a, 
connected some way. But their conversation was amazing. My mom's man, the way she speaks in that apartment and just flows about in those beautiful dresses, looking gorgeous with that hair. Like, it's absolutely stunning. And mm-hmm. um, their little moment at the end when they had a hug, you could just tell. I thought it brought out a new side of my mother that we haven't seen yet. She's obviously been very stern. She has a front to uphold of being that strong leader. And we've seen her be like vulnerable in moments, but you saw a more loving side to her because obviously her husband's a fucking dickhead. So she was getting to be more loving with her family. And so that was really nice too. But um, I'm excited to see the progression. And I totally agree that maybe Luton is connected to this in a a bigger family circle. And it would be, I'm down for that too. I think it would be fun and exciting. But then as all the rebels started by this damn family, I guess that could be kind of cool too. So we'll see. Yeah. And and we have to remember there, there are a bunch of rebel cells that'll come together. And so perhaps this is just like the my mothma side of things i also and now i'm like worried about vel and luthan if they're connected because we see i mean again it could just very well be we don't get that much from mon mothma and that's why there's like zero indication about any sort of family there because we get very little about her history if at all in the actual movies and so it, it worries me like uh what's gonna happen to bell to never be mentioned again but be such a big part of the rebellion and i think what's cool there is her playing both sides too of like mon mothma's you know very much like trying to stay in the background and pull strings that way where luthan's like let's go rob him like we we don't got no time to waste and vel just playing both sides like that i think is very interesting and just gives me more questions about what are what are everyone's intentions here you know what i mean so i think that's going to be very interesting to see it all come together uh chelsea what are your thoughts just an aside really quick about like how you're like oh i'm worried about vel my hope is that for some reason she's able to finally convince cinta and she and her run away and that's why we don't see her or hear from her again because she's happily in love they're living their nice little cottage core life on like a distant planet away from the empire obviously that's not the truth because gay people can never be happy but especially not in star wars because they barely even exist in there um but that's my hopes and dreams for her but anyway um i mean this is partially my fault because I slept until 1.30. So I didn't see the episode right when it released, but I was just on Instagram and I didn't have anything fully spoiled for me, but I did see a still of Mon Mothma and Vel together, clearly on Coruscant. So when she got into the car and they were like, oh, your cousin's here. I was like, oh, her cousin's probably Vel. And then it was. So like, I had it like, again, not like super spoiled, but like, you know so mm-hmm. but it, before before seeing that still and seeing the episode i had no idea so i thought that was a really cool reveal and like y'all have both said how much you know it adds to everyone's character that we've already met but it would be intriguing i luthan definitely fits in somewhere here but i'm very awful at guessing or predicting so i'll leave that to y'all but i'll be interested to see how he is related and i think too something you said austin about like i'm interested to see more of what her motivations are Again, it's like something we're very intrigued to find out. And then again, how that all still just goes back to Nemec about Nemec being like, regardless of your intentions, if you have a reason you're here, that's enough for me. So it'll be cool to find out that reason. But then to just, again, seeing all these people all on the spectrum, you know, sometimes butting heads, but still somehow working together to fund fund or work on or whatever you want to call it, this movement, I think is just really interesting. And also just like, can't 
can't think about the rebellion without thinking about Nemec now. So ugh. yeah, yeah, anyway. Nemec has very much ingrained. He's very much ingrained into the Empire now. You can't even ignore him anymore his manifesto which i'm sure is going to come into play more is i think the line rebellions are built on hope is going to be from his manifesto so at that'll be that'll be tragic because then it's like all the people who say it afterwards oh man one thing i was actually seeing um i mean obviously i don't really not that i don't support it but like people were saying that vel looks a lot like commander daisy from was she in the Force Awakens? I think she was in the Force Awakens briefly, but she looks like Commander. Daisy no, she was introduced in the Last Jedi, unfortunately. Yeah, but she yeah she showed up again in the Rise. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I don't want to retcon that. Character. I mean I like Daisy. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. I don't want to retcon her, but like there is a strong similarity there. So mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe they're like that was actually Val. She's using a code name. Um, uh, <laughs> I like it, but uh, then. You can't retcon the other character to be Cinta, so actually, I don't True. like it because yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, but anyway, I didn't. I was like, I wasn't surprised. Similar to Chelsea, like I already seen stuff of like. I mean, obviously, we knew like from a couple of episodes ago, Belle was dressed up. She seemed like I don't think they would have done that without. Well, I mean, obviously, it's paid off now. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was always expecting, like, not so much that um, to be related to my Mothman, but like, I've seen people speculating that, and I kind of was like, oh yeah, that could that could work. That would make sense. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was not surprised, but I wasn't not not surprised. You, you thought she'd be. You thought she'd be connected to something somewhere, so yeah, yeah. makes makes total sense there. A hundred percent agree. And yeah, I just really want to see more of the dynamic between Mon and Luthen now, and also how Vel fits into there. So, um, yeah, very interested to see what happens there. And then we move back into the prison. Unfortunately, as we've already talked about, Olaf. Uh, gone i also just connected in my head olaf olaf um shout out <laughs> shout out chelsea <laughs> frozen fan um no but that was as we said very unfortunate seeing him die and then we do get the answer as to what happened on level two i'm sorry i i, I say love or i say answer in quotes because i wasn't satisfying enough for me because i'm like mm. i still don't fully understand and maybe you guys did and you could help me out here. But from mm-hmm. what I understand, somebody was on another floor and then got brought back into the prison. And the other inmates found out about that and they killed all those inmates on that floor. To me, Pretty it just much. doesn't like so, so I'm understanding correctly. Right. So I guess I'm just mm-hmm. not understanding why exactly the Empire would want them all dead. Like, why do they even care? Because, you know. Because when the other prisoners find out that the person who was, like, reincarcerated had already served their sentence and was just funneled back in. So it wasn't like, oh, he was just moved. And so when other prisoners hear that, they're like, then what the fuck am I doing the work for? Like, why am I, like, what is, why am I still working hard? Like, that, like, hearing that is more likely to incite, like, collective action and rebellion. Mm-hmm. 
because people now know that no matter what I do, I'm still going to be here versus if they're under like the impression that like, hey, if I work hard and keep my head down and do what I need to do, serve my sentence, I can get out of here. And so people mm-hmm. will usually comply and do what they need to do because it's survival. And they're like, OK, for only a little bit longer. But now that they know that that's not the truth. Why would they continue to produce for the empire? Why would they continue to right. like act with good behavior? And so not only is it killing them because like they're probably going to lash out, but then if the other levels hear about that, that's going to cause a prison uprising, which is right. what they're setting up. So it's that kind of like, it is like, because it really only what has actually happened is mentioned for a second and you kind of only get a second to process it before then they're like, the episode ends. Um, right. But I'm pretty sure that that's like what the implication of that yeah is. no i 100 percent think that is the case i think what confused me was i just i mean i get it's the empire and they're extra as fuck and so like that could just very well be the explanation there but i just feel like they could have just been like oh he he left prison and then he acted up again and now he's back in prison and like obviously that probably wasn't the case for the prisoner but i just feel like if that i don't know because it's like obviously we don't even know what went on with the prisoner perhaps like he didn't like that's not how it happened and they kind of were just like oh your sentence is up we're just going to move you to a different floor you know what i mean but um i guess i was just like why didn't they go about it that route where it's just like oh he is brought back into this prison because he was well now that i think about it though from his end he would know that he didn't do anything a second time even as Mm -hmm. much as the empire wants to gaslight so now i feel stupid because he's the one that told them and not the empire because they don't even know who he is so (laughs) it's not stupid because like despite how bad we know the empire is i think it's maybe like human nature to be like there really wasn't another way they could go about it. And there definitely were other ways they could have mitigated the situation and still prevented rebellion, but they're the empire and they see people as disposable. So they aren't going to go that route. So you're not stupid for like questioning it. (laughs) Don't say that. Just No, I just, I'm like, I was just so confused at first because I'm like, why, why didn't they just say he did something wrong again? But now it makes sense because he obviously yeah. would know that he didn't do anything a second time. Um, but were you guys satisfied with the answer that we got there? Or you think we need more information here? Uh, what do you think? I, think? I was I was confused as well. Sorry. Tom. <laughs> Don't worry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I too was confused when I first sort of, uh, for all the reasons that you said, I was like, okay, well, he's came back in. And so they find out about this, but I was like, just like Andor was saying, they don't listen. So he would come in and obviously say, I was just on floor four, like two seconds ago, and now I'm here, what the hell? And they would be like, mm-hmm. oh, why is that? So then in my head, I was like, well, does that happen with every prisoner? How has this taken so long to get out there? And then I was confused too, because Chelsea, what you said, made 100% sense. Um, but then part of me was like, well, if they didn't set, kill them all, they wouldn't have been this big shouting hurrah and they wouldn't have even known what happened on level two because they can't, it takes so long to like, get communication up there. So I was like, well, if they never mm-hmm. killed them, maybe they wouldn't have found out. Um, so I was, I too was confused, but then I was thinking about it later. It does make sense. And I think it's a really, really interesting sort of storyline to go down, to go down and explore because again, it has these real world implications and it all links, but it's a really, really interesting storytelling. But um, 
Yeah, I, I think, I feel like they made a really big deal about like floor two and like now we know what happened. I don't think it's going to like be expanded to anything else. I think it's just going to be the reasoning that they all start to break out because of what happened on floor two. But I don't think anything, I don't think it's going to carry on and become something else or something bigger in other episodes. So I feel like they really hyped it up for it just to be like a little story point to just further on the narrative. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely yeah. see what happens there, you know. For us on this podcast, we're like extensively discussing Vetch as a character, and so <laughs> any little thing that's like anything that happens in this show, we're like, oh my god, like this is very important, and then it's like, yeah, it's really not that important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what do you think? Uh, I would say like it ties. Like I think the reasoning ties in as well because like we've seen throughout the arc so far that like. Even though while the Empire aren't listening, uh, they are very much keeping track of like who's working the hardest and like mm -hmm. rewarding them. So they keep track of like who's a good worker. And they're like, mm -hmm. well, you can stay longer because you can work better. Um, so I think it ties into that. So obviously this person must have been on top of those charts all the time. Mm -hmm. um, which made them like, yeah, you're not, we're not letting you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it serves its course like it makes sense for that to be the reasoning um i didn't really think it was being hyped up too much like like there's another thing in this episode where like it's in the isb and they talk about how they're gonna it's like like because they said caffeine and that made my head tick because i was like oh i know caffeine yeah. and like how they're not gonna shoot it down they're gonna like disable it and make them drag it in and i was like I'd like to see that, but we're probably not going to see it. And it's kind of like that kind of thing. Like, there's a lot of things like they've spoken about, which I was like, I'd love to see that, but I don't think we will. Um, but I like, I don't mind. Like, there's already so much to see. I kind of like, like, especially in this case, I like that we don't see it because, like, it adds to the sense of like we don't know what's happening as much as they don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so it kind of like they even had the scene where it's like, oh, it's a rumor. Mm -hmm. Like. Even they can't be entirely sure how true it is. Uh, they probably, mm -hmm. in a weird way, they probably want it to be true because then, like, that's I don't know. Like, they don't really yeah. do if that makes sense. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know. I get what you mean. The show does a really good job at just investing us and in putting us into these characters' shoes without directly being like, "All right, just close your eyes and imagine that you are casting Andor." <laughs> it's like very much just like through actual filmmaking which we haven't made fun of tom for being a filmmaker in a while um, <laughs> <I'm> not... <laughs> uh, but just through the filmmaking of things like tom said just not explaining to us what happened on level two and very much getting to be wondering as well like what the hell happened on level two because i was sitting here getting stressed i'm like t t damn level two what did you do like i, I don't <laughs> Poor, poor yeah. level two. Um, but yeah. yeah. Something something Tom said made me also think about how before it's confirmed, the way Kino is like reacting to it and telling everyone else to react to it is very telling of like, it's a rumor. You don't know this is true. Act like you've heard nothing. Because mm -hmm. he, I think he knows that it's like, if we give off any sort of like inkling that we know what happened and not just like, Oh, something happened. The same thing is going to happen to us. If we know that they're recycling us and reusing us and our sentences are essentially arbitrary and we're stuck here forever. 
we're also dead. So we have to, and until like he hears it confirmed, obviously they're going to act like they're chill before whatever happens. They're not going to like run in their guns blazing, be like, they're fucking lying. Like <laughs> they're smarter than that. But I think that also, again, was so telling of like, you know, Kino probably knew more than he was letting on initially and was still just trying to keep everyone safe because he knows that it's like we're next if like we show that like we know what's happening. And so like y'all both said, they do a great job of putting us in the character shoes of feeling that kind of like sense of panic or anxiety of like the he said he said like what did they like what is going on and like just the like franticness of it just really like man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got you worried sick about whatever happens. So, yeah, definitely. Well, what do you guys think is going to happen next? We saw the ending, like was mentioned before. It seems like Kino is perhaps going to uh, be involved with taking out these 12 guards and a lot of the prisoners throughout the whole episode before there's even rumors of a level two. It seems like they're already planning something, some sort of escape or uh just taking out the guards doing something so do you guys have any predictions on where we could go from here um there's one scene i actually wanted to point out that we've not already discussed um which was i can't remember if it was before the level two stuff but like cassian's already trying to find a way out like he's got his other friend who's on his team right he's going to the refresher I'm assuming, like that's the only thing yeah. I can assume it was, and he's got like yeah, because I don't know, I don't know what his plan is, but he's working on something, and obviously they figured out that like the mm-hmm. the the floors don't always work, mm-hmm. and like the railings and like that, so like Cassian's already got half a plan, um, and I'm thinking that Kino is gonna kind of fill in the other half of that plan, and then there'll be a break because like we were always assuming that someone was gonna come in and break them out. Because, like, mm-hmm. there's no way they're breaking out of here. And obviously right. we knew Vel was supposed to be hunting him down. That's going to go somewhere, I think, next week. Like, Vel and Cinta. Yeah. I'm they're supposed to be think, finding Cassian. Yeah. I'm starting to think Vel just doesn't want to. Like, I just I think yeah. she's kind of just ignoring that. It's like, yeah, mm. she's, she's going off on side quests in a minute. Because <laughs> I think she still very much respects the fact that, like, he was offered money and he could have taken literally so much more, but only took like his share. So I think that, mm-hmm. like, I think she knows herself like, Oh, he, he's not actually bad though. Like he's not going to be dishonest or anything like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'd like to see some more of that. Cause like so far, I mean, we had one or two scenes with Cinta, but like since Aldani, we've had a lot of Val. But she's not really spoken about Aldani or mm-hmm. Cassian much, other than the small couple of things we've got. I'd like to know more about where her head's at. Like, mm-hmm. we know she's going back to Trangelo. That's what she says. She's off. Like, she might not be going there. We know she's lied to Mon before. Also, we've had no Luth in this episode. So I don't know what Luth is doing. I hope Val goes yeah. to Luthen's shop or something. I really want yeah. to see a follow-up between those two directly because I feel like that's the part that's missing from the Aldani mission is like, okay, well, can the two leaders get back together and can we assess as an audience 
what the fuck happened there like because in my mind i'm still like was what actually happened to the credits i think they mentioned that it's like buried somewhere but do these credits actually get used for their purpose or is this they're buried because there was nowhere else to put them and they can't access the credits i'm I'm leaning towards it was successful they could access it because i feel like if not they would have said something already but i'm just like yeah i want some more info dude i know by episode 12 we're gonna be like okay that we have all the info now but still (laughs) i i'm three weeks till then and i'm impatient so what the hell is going on um Jota, do you have any predictions for episode 10 or just the future? Yeah, well, just heard you say about the sort of money thing, you know, when Mothman was talking about the whole, I sort of thought maybe Luthan might come in with like a little cash present from a Mothman, sort of help her dig her out of her like loan issue that she's currently having. Um, I know it's sort of like shitty business, so I don't know if that would really work out in the way that she needs it to work out, but I thought maybe there could be a connection because I too was like wondering where all the money had went and I was like, maybe that's how it's going to play in, so maybe something like that. Um, I don't. I feel like this is maybe like me being like typical Star Wars fan, but like I was sort of thinking like Saul Guerrero is going to come out and like bust him <laughs> out of the prison and like classic shooter, um, which do. I'm still darn for because I feel like I, I I was expected more Saw in the show in general. If I'm honest, I know we're obviously not at the end, but as you said, we've only got three weeks left, and so I was sort of hoping he might might have a bit of a bit stronger presence. So. I'm all down for him to do like a prison break and just be all dramatic in action, just come in and like shoot the place up and get them all out because I think that would be really, really cool. But yeah. on the other hand, part of me does want to continue on with the vibe of the show and have like a little good, sneaky, sort of suspenseful, crawling in the vents, dropping down, stealth takeout moment. And like, but I, I really do want a good prison breakout. Like, that's really what I'm excited for. And I really hope it happens. I hope they don't really skim over it. I would love like a good, detailed version, whether it's big fancy blow shootout or it's a like little stealthy getaway but i do love a good prison breaker so i hope that happens next week yeah it's going to be i just i'm already stressed thinking about it because just from the beginning when we first saw the prison i'm like okay like like tom said somebody has to come save them because how do you escape from first of all it's like a big dome it's like you can't really it looks like you have to climb out and then the whole planet is covered in water and i'm like how the fuck are they gonna escape i'm very scared to see like perhaps they find an imperial ship or something but i also like the idea that they have to swim very far um i don't like the idea on them but i like the idea of having to watch that uh play out <laughs> but poor characters don't deserve to have to swim that damn far uh, <laughs> but Chelsea, do you have any predictions for these future episodes? This is not like a genuine prediction, but what if the whole like thing is able to move? What if like the whole thing is like a ship? Oh, it's like, like a what Colossus if they hijack? Thing? Yeah, like that's what I maybe maybe it's just because I love resistance, so maybe that's where my brain went. Like, oh, they're like, because yeah, how are they going to get off if no one else comes and it is just them? I'm like, oh, they just take. There's what twelve guards each floor. How many floors are there? They can collect like unionize if you will i can't think of a better word and i right. think I love like that idea, do much yeah right yeah. like could do that and then they take over and then they're just they're driving the bus now like <laughs> i don't know where they, <laughs> them and all the prisoners would go but that'd be fun but i don't realistically i don't know that's where they're going um right. i'm very bad at predictions but I, like tom had said mm. we did already see cassie and like has something in mind and 
uh, now that he has confirmation for how many guards, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see where that goes. But um, no thoughts head empty um, because I, every time I like even have a guess, it's just like completely wrong. And in a good way, though, I like being, you know, yeah. you know, the general progression of where the story is going to go. It's like, OK, yeah, Cassian's going to break out and this, this and this are going to happen. But like you're still pleasantly surprised by how they get from point A to point B, which is something I really like about the series. Yeah, definitely. There's also the chance because they are connecting the dots so much. And another thing we forgot to mention is the rebel pilot that is apparently out there. Um, at first, I kind of thought maybe that pilot was Melchi, but like obviously that's not the case because they have the pilot in custody now. Um, but I I wonder is the ISB going to figure out that Cassian is um oh what's his name Keith uh are they going to connect the dots that they're the same person because they keep getting very they keep getting closer and closer and closer to the connections Cassian has so I wonder if the ISB is going to actually come into play and that's when they're able to escape is because the Empire comes in and does something but I don't know do you guys have any thoughts on do you think this is just a new rebel pilot or somebody we've seen before? Wasn't it the name that Luthen was trying to convince Salgarera to partner with? Or are there just too many names in my brain? Because I thought it was the name that last week Luthen was like, I, Oh, you should like help. I thought this. I recognized like, it. Yeah. That's but I could be completely wrong. And my Okay. They sounded very similar, but I have yeah. like very bad like name blind blindness, so I was like, "Oh yeah, they start with the same letter. They're that's the same." But that's what I yeah. thought. So personally, I'm, I'm probably <laughs> wrong. You're probably right because personally, no, but other people than me. pointed it out. No, you're doing better Listen, than me because I'll... I didn't even know that they name dropped the character. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, hmm, oh my god, like. Can't wait to see Wedge Antilles. Yeah. Oh my god, they got Nathan Crest here <laughs> to play Wedge Antilles. Yeah. <laughs> period, though. It's the book of Boba Fettification of consuming Star Wars that you're just automatically <laughs> assuming it's someone, it's something we already know. Right. Yeah, and then on the like, other hand, like, I'm so used to Andor now, where it's like when they were saying, like, oh, her cousin's here, I'm like, oh, okay, like it's gonna be some random actor they picked up on the sidewalk of British lands. Like <laughs> It's not going to be anybody we know. Uh, sorry, Tom. You kept trying to say something. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I feel like they always refer to the pilot as just the rebel pilot, but that they were affiliated with the name character. Oh, okay. So, Maybe it was affiliated and not that it was that. I, like, I it's think... one of those things where like I'm very intrigued that somehow I'm also tuning out. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm, I'm also listening too intently. <laughs> Maybe it's the pilot um, of that black X-wing that we see on Saw Gerrera's home. There's like that black X-wing. Maybe. maybe that's it's the pilot of that X-wing. Um, because there's there's not an established like there's not even X-wings or anything. So they're flying like yeah. A-wings or some shit. Um, but there's not like an established Rebel Alliance. So it's interesting to hear like rebel pilot because i'm sure they're just referring like it could literally be it could be a bounty hunter that's just against the empire and then that's a rebel pilot because uh, there's no rebellion yet so we'll see what happens it could 
it could just be nobody or it could be Nathan Kress. We will find <laughs> out. <laughs> we have no idea. Anyways, let's get into our three viewer questions this week. As always, you can join us on Twitter or on the Discord to ask us your questions and we'll answer them here at the end of each week. We start off with Cam and Film from Twitter and they ask, what has been your favorite episode so far? So now we've got nine episodes. What is your favorite episode? Personally, I still think episode six. I want to say seven, but episode oh. six, even though I like it's depression all the way through. I just I loved the payoff of like the midway through the season and such. So appreciated that. Um, Tom, what's your favorite episode? It's a tricky one. Like I love six for like I think I love six for like the reasons I grew up watching Star Wars. Like it feels the most because it's got like action and like all that. Um mm-hmm. but I feel like seven is probably a better episode. Um because like we got a lot in there. There's not so much action, but like in terms of which one I'd rather watch, I'd probably rather watch episode six. But like upon the first watching seven was the most i said fulfilling for me so it's, it's a joint answer but six or seven the middle yeah very much the same way episode 6.5 fantastic uh chelsea what was your favorite episode i don't care if it's recency effect but i'm gonna just say nine i really yeah. like i've enjoyed all the episodes but this is one where i was really like like i just <laughs> right. was with it the whole time and there's just i feel like i i feel like i really talked a lot today and there was even more thoughts that i had that i was just like let me not like we're ready to move on from this specific topic yeah. <laughs> but that's like i feel like i just have like so much to say like it really like it was just really like i said even though some of the reactions i had were unpleasant it really like i was like there i was like in it like i felt really immersed yeah. in this one so Definitely agree. And Jonah, what was your favorite episode? I would have to agree. Seven. Oh, so I uh, with Tom. Seven is my favorite because I just loved that episode. I thought it was amazing with Andor, his mother, uh, Mon Mothma. With oh, I, I can't believe it. I cried at that Mon Mothma scene for some reason. Don't ask me why, but I was actually like bawling my eyes out when she was talking all about that, and you could just see her struggles and everything. I loved that episode so much um i i because i think i think one of the reasons i loved it is because six was really really strong and i was like where where is this going to go now this sort of little section of the series has finished with we got this great finale it was really action-filled as tom said and i was like where are they going to go and then seven came out and i was like oh i love this show because this is why it's so good they just can continue to pile on the story but um i'm excited for the rest of them i feel like they are the, the series is sort of happening in smaller sort of segments like episode one to three was its own little thing and then about three to six was its own little story and now we're in the midst of this little story so um Mm -hmm. i feel like i kind of i'm maybe it's the wrong thing to do but i'm sort of judging them as separate little stories with the same characters so i feel like these most recent episodes could be my favorite but i want to see them all as a whole before i sort of say anything because i don't i was thinking about this today as well i don't know whether I think for certain Disney Plus shows, it benefits from a binge sort of watch experience. And I was sort of trying to decide whether or not I, I thought Andor would benefit from that. And I still don't know the answer uh, because it's such a long series. Like, like Book of Boba Fett, I think, would have definitely benefited from a binge watch where you could watch it all at once. But mm-hmm. um, I think maybe Andor could have, but then it maybe would have been too much. Um, yeah. But uh, certain shows work weekly, some don't. But that was just a random thought I was having to say. 
No, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I loved the standalone feel of episode seven, kind of being the in-between of yeah. the two arcs. Because um, I, I just, I love the format of, because I, I just, like you mentioned, some shows aren't made to binge and some are. And I think that a lot of that has to do with like, for example, Kenobi is basically just a six-part movie. You have the same director for all six episodes. It's just like a continuous story that could have really been dropped all at once. Um, I feel like with Andor, uh, you you benefit a lot from that conversation and such, and also just having this format that feels like a TV show. You know what I mean? It's not a 12-part movie. In, in fact, they even split up things where it's like these three episodes are a movie so i really enjoy just shows that embrace the tv format like for example with marvel finally after because wandavision very much embraced like a tv show type format until the end but until she hulk which was the most recent marvel show none of them really took the initiative to be a tv show they just wanted to be big long movies all right, our second question comes from Concho Bar, and he asks, will Dedra continue to reject Cyril's creepy romantic advances, or will she become interested in him herself? I I seriously do think that she will be interested just because of the way the actors are, and I also think that if if she wasn't going to reciprocate feelings, that they probably just wouldn't have included that scene because it's very creepy, and it's like, how do you even go back from that unless it's like, Dedra herself is okay with what happened. And that still her. very much doesn't make it better. But it's like, at least she doesn't feel uncomfortable herself. Sorry, Chelsea, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. My Wi-Fi is a little weird, so I didn't mean to like interrupt you because there was a pause. <laughs> so I thought I had a moment. I'm so sorry. No, but I was just going to say, I could see her not genuinely reciprocating, but pretending that she is to manipulate him, to use him as a tool. Like, I could see her like feigning it, yeah love interesting yeah i love that how about you tom i've not really thought about it like that honestly um i don't want them to get together but like that would make sense to me i think like clearly she's like yeah i can use this man <laughs> um and he's a creep so like yeah he's a bit of weirdo yeah what yeah, do you think kind of like use each other for their own I think before this episode I think I might have said oh yeah I could totally see that love that for them but after this episode I'm like no they, I don't want them together at all I just don't don't like yeah. it my apologies yeah. this girl <laughs> yeah it's one of those things where because if you go back and watch the other episodes i have been saying like, i want them together when we had emily on the show we were both like yes bring them together and then now it's like after seeing it it's like mm. yeah i, I love i love when i'm a hater from the beginning and then i'm actually like justified like not that like because <laughs> sometimes i am just a hater where it's like i don't want them together because i just don't want it but this one right. i was like no like i again it makes total like story sense what i want is not what should happen um but yeah <laughs> yeah no, 100% agree. It's like when you see something on the menu and it's like, damn, that looks hella good. And then 
It is not. That was not what you expected <laughs> at all. I want a refund, new meal, please. Uh, anyways, our third question comes from Josh, aka New Horizons, and he asks, "Do you think Kino will survive the break?" Hmm. I kind of. I think I mentioned this earlier. I was like, I don't know. Um, I think obviously we've already lost our expected trap. We've already had our Nemec death because obviously no, Mel, she's not going to die. I can't really remember the other guy's names. There's the ginger hair one who's a bit kind of cute. I don't know. I can't I can't decide if he's cute. Uh, I, I can't really remember the rest of them. So I feel like Kino is no. definitely like the standout character that has an ominous existence yeah. beyond Andor. So yeah. it's definitely possible. Yeah. But he does I have think... to become Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Part of me is like, part of me is like, no, he won't die. And then... The other part of me is like, nah, they, they said that this show is going to have a high death count. Um, and also just you, like to compare like to the Aldani mission, a lot of the side characters, all the side characters, every single one got to have like a moment of, you know, here's more of their background and such. I feel like not in a bad way, but we're not getting as much from these prisoners stories and, you know, enough to get as invested into the characters where it's like if they die it'll be unfortunate because it's like they're in this prison and they all deserve a chance to get the fuck out of there and have a better chance at life in the star wars galaxy but uh at the same time i feel like tony Gilroy has very much been like you're gonna love this character because i'm gonna rip him away from you and we're not getting that from these characters so i kind of feel like they might get to live i feel like i could see it going either way but i also just kind of like throughout the show it's a theme of just like how unfair the empire is so even even though we haven't maybe gotten enough to like like with the Aldani crew, you spend so much time with them that it's very like it's hard not to want them to live versus obviously we want these prisoners to live. But I feel like mm. um, especially with like Kino, I think like him dying again, not that I want this to happen, but I could see this happening to like make sense in the story and just make a point about the Empire, just how unfair it is where he was probably arrested or incarcerated for something minor because that's just how the Empire is. He did everything he did like does everything he's supposed to do to the point where he earns a leadership role. He earns the respect of his fellow prisoners. He takes care of anyone, everyone, even though like it's harsh conditions, he does his best to like encourage and all of this stuff just for him to probably now have a change of heart and help out with this prison break. And then to die, I think again, would just like show just how unfair the empire is and that you can do everything you're supposed to do under these sorts of regimes, rulers, ideologies, etc., and still, you know, you're going to lose your life. Like that's just the sad reality of existing in in that universe or in that sort of thing. So, as much as I would like him to live and get like a happy ending or whatever, um, I have a feeling that that's the point that's probably going to be made. And I really hope a week from now, I'm sitting on the sofa eating my words and that he lives i really really hope um but i don't see it happening yeah same i just because he's getting so developed like i said so i just i don't see it happening and like you said it'll really show you the fucked up side of the empire even more jonah what's your predictions for kino 
Yeah, I I too don't really see him making it out of this alive. Uh, I, I mean, maybe have like a heroic sacrifice moment. Maybe you know, I was talking about maybe he'll turn around. Maybe he'll help with the prison bake, and that's how he'll die. He'll get shot in the back or something. But I, I don't know. I just in the way the characters going, as you guys say, the progression that he's seen just within this episode alone, it feels like he is going to be set up to be the next on the chopping block. But um, he scares me yeah. so. <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah, but what is that one like audio where it's like I like you, I like your songs a lot. You scare me though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this has been another amazing episode of This Is the Way Seekers. Love discussing Andor episode nine with our special guest Jonah. Jonah, thank you so much for being on this week. We appreciate you so much. And um, it's always lovely to have you on here for the second time. Uh, so before we go, Jonah, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, well, I am just Jonah Edward 98 on pretty much everywhere. I use TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter are my main three. So you can find me all in there. Um, I've had an absolute blast being on. I'm honored to be the second one to be on place. <laughs> Um, and if I'm not too blessed, thank you guys so much. It was really fun. Yes, thank you so much once again. And uh, before we go, we do just want to say that on Patreon this Saturday, we are doing our Wayseekers Unfiltered episode at 6 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it is basically an adult-friendly version of This is the Wayseekers, um, even though we're all very childish. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> we're going to be uh you know able to drink on there and smoke on there and have all sorts of fun so uh make sure to come check us out on patreon five dollars a month and you get access to two bonus episodes including Wayseekers unfiltered so make sure to come check us out all right tom where can everybody find you at on social media you can find me at the gaze electric on twitch twitter instagram tiktok letterboxd Yes, amazing. And Chelsea, where can everybody find you at? You can find me on Instagram at Jedi underscore Chelsea. Amazing. And you can find me on Instagram at star.wars.editor, Twitter, SW Austin Zero, and TikTok, SW Austin. If you're on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. And if you're on an audio platform, make sure to give us a wonderful rating. We'll see you next week with our Andor episode 10 discussion with our special guest, Scotty Holiday 2. We cannot wait to be on with them next week. May the force be with you always. Bye. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.